This is Digital Pathology Today. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joseph Anderson. What have we been waiting for? It seems that after a period of initial excitement, enthusiasm for digital pathology died down in recent years. And then came a phase of disappointment where we knew we had the technology, but it wasn't quite ready for prime time, or the use cases were not quite compelling enough. And perhaps most importantly, no one had articulated a sound business case for the adoption of digital pathology. Welcome to Digital Pathology Today. I'm Joe Anderson. Our guest is Dr. Richard Lash, who has a vast experience in the field of pathology. He is currently the chief medical officer for Lumea, a company making digital pathology simple and providing diagnostic intelligence. He was previously chief medical officer at Informed Diagnostics, co-director of the Institute for GI Pathology and Digestive Diseases at Ameripath, managing director of Ameripath Pathology Consultants of Cleveland, chief of the Division of Anatomic Pathology at Mount Sinai Medical Center and director of their residency training program. In addition, Dr. Lash has published numerous peer-reviewed journal articles as well as book chapters. We're going to be talking about how we can finally make the business case for digital pathology, how it can be made simple, and how we can create completely integrated workflows beginning from the time the specimen is still in the clinician's office through grossing, through microscopic examination, report review, and generation, all the while improving efficiencies, increasing quality, and perhaps most importantly, clinician and patient satisfaction. Dr. Richard Lash, CMO from Lumeo, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I've become a fan of your podcast. Well, that's great. At least somebody out there is <laughs> listening, or hopefully quite a few people are listening. But anyway, tell us about yourself and your background in pathology, and how did you come to be interested in digital pathology? Sure. Well, I got my MD at uh, an undergrad degree at University of Michigan. I trained in APCP at the Cleveland Clinic. I worked in various leadership positions in both academic and commercial environments for almost 20 years when in 2006 I became the CMO of what ultimately became a large national subspecialty pathology practice, which was seeing about uh, 1.3 million patients a year. Wow. Okay. So you, you're no stranger to uh, a high volume practice. So uh, how did it start for you with uh, digital pathology? Well, you know, I've been interested in digital pathology for well over 10 years and really excited about the promise of digital pathology and all its potential. And I kind of wanted to be an early adopter, frankly, but after investigating it pretty thoroughly, it kind of became apparent to me that converting to digital pathology was not very feasible for us in this large lab. And I was chief medical officer of a private company. I didn't, you know, I have an endowment or a grant to experiment with and just kind of play around with digital path. You know, I had to justify any significant investment I was going to make with some tangible uh, return on investment. And that was my challenge. We, you know, we had a lot of companies come and court us because of our size and our scope. But I asked each one of them, you know, about their business case, and none could really make a compelling business case for converting. Um, most of it was this kind of standard pitch that we could shave, save on you know, shipping costs or do consultations, things like that. And that just didn't justify the expense or the time investment, at least from our standpoint. We, we got a scanner. Um, we even helped 
Philips uh, validate their system for the FDA. But like I think a lot of others, we were we were just waiting before we took the plunge. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I think I'm hearing that story a lot. And even from my personal experience, I think there, you know, it's been with us, this technology for quite a while in some shape or form, depending on what you consider digital pathology, but almost way back to the early 2000s. And I think there have been secondary benefits or what I call secondary benefits. Like it's, you don't, you can share this case with your colleague across the hall or across the country. You know, you don't have to worry about shipping glass slides. You don't have to store the glass slides. You know, you can present to tumor boards and all these various applications. But in terms of making the business case, I think that was tough. I mean, you can do all that stuff, uh, but it didn't necessarily move the needle into, you know, it didn't really make sense for your bottom line, perhaps. And also considering that it was a large investment, right? To to buy these scanners, which were very, very expensive. And then to update or upgrade all your infrastructure around that, you know, to handle a digital pathology practice, it just didn't really make sense. You know, I think the consensus is that that we're getting there, but it's going to take a little something else, right? There's going to be, have to be more to it than just, you know, the, the initial benefits or the, the apparent benefits. So, so what do you think it was? What, what were we waiting for? What ultimately was going to move the needle? Well, for me, and I can't, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but for me, there were, I can think of three kind of main topics, you know, basically a, a broader application of the technology for our practice. You know, the, you know, we didn't have a lot of remote pathologists doing frozen sections or, you know, not having, you know, having unused capacity and a bunch of scattered sites. Our educational and consultation needs were pretty adequately being uh, met with just high quality video conferencing and large multi-headed scopes. So we needed, you know, a a more, uh, a reason to be, to convert completely to digital path. I think secondly, there was, um, there was some interesting AI being developed, but nothing that was really clinically, clinically used or, and frankly, it had been developed a little more slowly than maybe I had perhaps unreasonably hoped. But, you know, the applications still are pretty limited, although, you know, we're seeing some recent progress. I think the biggest thing for me was the fact that digital pathology is, is and, and most technological advances are supposed to simplify our process. I was very interested in lean and, uh, and, and reducing waste. The infrastructure of digital pathology is, is pretty complex and each of the components, the viewer, the image management system, storage, retrieval, you know, uh, integration with the LIS, they have to be, you know, have to be decided upon, they have to be integrated with each other, they have to be managed. And then, you know, a cockpit has to be placed in every office. And we had, you know, at one point, uh, about 110 pathologists. That was a big deal. And it takes a lot of real estate too. I, I feel like the sheer footprint of the digital cockpit itself, you know, with the screens and all the components is to me almost like, it's like the embodiment of the fundamental lack of an elegant and integrated solution. It's, it's the manifestation of that. And if you just compare that to like our phones that seamlessly integrate, you know, there's a phone, there's a camera, there's a web browser, there's an accelerometer. <laughs> And a computer, and they all work together. We don't think about it. They all work together, and it's in a single portable device. And, you know, that's my notion of, of progress and, and advancement. And I feel like 
in some ways, digital pathology seems to be going sideways or backwards, but not forward, at least in that dramatic way. And then, and I think the, the, maybe the, the worst part for me was that, you know, I was ultimately responsible to determine, you know, whether these components that I was committing to and de- dedicating these resources to will one be compatible with each other and then all of them not become obsolete in a couple of years you know, and I just think there are, there are a lot of people who kind of share my concern of like making a huge commitment and, and guessing wrong. Yeah. It sounds like, I guess it'd be an understatement to say there are a lot of challenges and a lot of challenges that you can specific, you can specifically put your finger on and enumerate. So, you know, to be clear, I think the biggest one is that it adds steps, right? It's not, it doesn't come in and simplify it. It complicates almost, you know, just by definition, right? Because we take the glass slide, which we used to just very quickly look at under the microscope and be done with the whole thing. Now we, it has to be scanned. It has to be viewed and you have to make investments. It's all kind of software and so on and possibly integrate it with your LIS. So it adds a lot of complexity. And so what's, what's going to be the payoff there? Like you said, it, it could, this stuff could go obsolete. I think with, you know, with, that's the risk with any, any technology is that, you know, it has a limited lifespan and like you said, it's not integrated. It should be obvious how this stuff is integrated. You, you, when you were talking, it reminded me of Steve Jobs when he first announced the iPhone, right? He got up on stage and said, hey, everybody, it's a web. I'm going to announce the biggest breakthrough of 2010. It's a web browser. It's a phone. And what's the third thing? A camera. Camera. Right. Right. It's a web browser, a phone, it's a camera. And the audience is, and he's like, are you getting it? It's one thing. It's all one thing. <laughs> right. So, you know, so where's, right. where's our one thing? So I think right. we have, you know, we kind of have a lot of challenges. And so how, you know, let me throw you a curveball. How do we, how do we solve that? How do we get to our one thing? I mean, it's like, we almost have to look beyond, you know, the current workflows to make it an integrated and effective solution. Right. So the payoff is either going to have to be you know, something along the lines of miraculous gains in efficiency, right? It can make up, you know, with geographical challenges or not having to ship the cases, like the trade-offs have to be there. But then also in terms of the way we handle our tissue and our slides, right? How can we eliminate steps rather than add steps? And how can we make the the digital cockpit more elegant, right? So it's kind of a, a one, a simplified solution. I mean, how do we go about tackling any of those issues? Well, yeah, maybe that gets us to the next evolution in my career. You know, when I, um, I, I left that practice in 2018 and started a consulting business, this company, Lumea, was one of my clients. And after working with them for about a year, they asked me to be their chief medical officer. And at the time, I wasn't really planning on splitting my consulting work with this, with this job. But, you know, I was so impressed with what they were doing and, and how they were approaching digital pathology that I, I did decide to join. And it was Matt Levitt, who is um, the founder of Lumea, who I had met long ago in my former role. We, he, he explained to me his vision for digital pathology back then, which was really unlike anything I had ever heard about. And he and I just clicked on a number of, I guess, shared passions, things like standardization, you know, quality improvement that was actually demonstrable, not just what a lot of QA programs are, which is simply uh, proving that you're not making terrible mistakes, reducing variability in our practice, maintaining integrity of tissue, integrity of data, all the way from patient to pathology report. And so 
I was focused on those things kind of from the pathologist and laboratory point of view, and he was looking at it from a device and software point of view. This whole approach to digital pathology is, you know, digital pathology is the tool, not the endpoint. And I think that was kind of the key. So he and his team are developing all sorts of special tissue handling techniques that started at the point of biopsy acquisition, which allowed, you know, some benefits to be realized early on. So the whole system that he is developing was designed to leverage what the digital path can do. So if you are going to go through the process of digitizing a slide, you know, it has, like you said earlier, overcome the inherent investment of time and energy in addition to what already exists. You have to more than compensate for that. So how do you, how do you get there? And, and that's what, what he was working on. And you know, there were so many innovations to the platform. It was, it was kind of hard to believe that this little company had, had gotten so much done so, so quickly. It was, uh, was kind of hard to believe. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping you would say something like that because I think you know it's. I think it's maybe Einstein says you can't solve the same problems, you know, with under the conditions that got you those problems in the first place. So I think right. So it's like you can't really just replace a glass slide with an image on the screen. I think you have to start way earlier in the process, right, with tissue handling and tissue processing, right. and so on. I think we have to kind of reimagine that or reinvent that in a way that we can kind of you know synergize things or capitalize on the gains and the efficiencies that we have. You know, so how is maybe A, the the pre-analytic processing or, you know, starting with, you know, the the piece of tissue, how are we going to benefit from that? And then how, you know, how are you streamlining the digital cockpit? You know, how are we doing all these things to make it kind of a seamless integrated experience? Right. Well, so those are two different, different aspects, but I'll maybe address the latter first. So, maybe one of the biggest innovations is that everything's done on a single device. So it can be an iPad, some other tablet, or it could be a regular PC. I know of one pathologist who's using the 28-inch Surface Studio, which is really cool. This is the non-cockpit solution. The fact that they have touch screens actually allow for certain annotation-driven things like tumor quantification, even automated diagnosis entry, which is pretty interesting. And while it can interface with an existing LIS, it is actually a fully functioning LIS as well. So it's got a completely integrated viewer, image management system, storage. It's all one thing. So I won't go so far as say it's, it's the uh, iPhone of digital pathology. I think that's a little strong, but it does a lot of the things that we're hoping to get out of digital pathology. And like you said before, the, the process begins in the clinic, not the lab. So there's certain efficiencies and some special capabilities that are made possible by the way tissue is handled, the way it's uh, organized, and the way it, that allows for integrity of, of tissue and integrity of, of information. And another thing is that Lumea has this proprietary tissue-like matrix. It's a matrix that's a gel-like material that can securely hold tissue of different shapes all the way through microtomy. So it can maintain tissue orientation. It actually increases tissue yield on the slides. It can save embedding time or even be used with auto-embedding. And it can reduce the scanning time and file size because it localizes the tissue to a particular area. And there are even some very interesting viewing options that are made possible only by the use of this this, uh, matrix material. There's also a special camera that's used for grossing that measures the number and size of biopsy pieces so that 
correlation can be made with the whole slide image and the gross that typically pathologists are blinded to when they're signing out. You know, they're imagining they got you know a good good uh, representation, but not always you know knowing that knowing actually what came in. I'll, I'll just say one last thing is that uh, there's this fully integrated AI from third parties that are integrated into the system. So you could be looking at a case, and with the press of a button, you get an overlay of the third-party algorithm to say, you know, did I miss any cancer? Or, you know, did, did it agree with my Gleason scoring, for example, in prostate? Things like that. And the, and the, the idea is to create a platform whereby any artificial intelligence vendor can offer their algorithm and can be used in real time by pathologists using the system. Okay. Yeah, I think that's great. I think because I think AI is such a hot topic. Everyone's excited about it. We're hearing about these potential applications, right? You're going to be able to have it go over your prostate biopsy, see if you missed any cancer. Maybe you could use it for primary read. But I think there might be, like you said, there's competing platforms out there. There's various companies developing AI algorithms. So it sounds like uh, your platform or the LaMaya platform is agnostic. So you don't necessarily have to commit you know, to one of these AI vendors, but you can evaluate, you could maybe even switch vendors at some point down the road? Absolutely. The, the plan is to be able to switch vendors you know, case by case. You know, if, if one pathologist likes one vendor and another likes another, or a given case they want to use it or not, they would have that ability. So some of that's in practice right now. And, you know, we're speaking with a variety of vendors to get them on the platform as well. Okay. Yeah. And then let me go back to something you just alluded to a second ago, and I'd like your unique perspective on this. So we're talking about kind of reinventing the pre-analytic process or the tissue handling from the time of specimen acquisition to creating a glass slide. And I think, you know, you said pathologists are, you know, often oblivious to that or take it for granted or, you know, don't think about it. But actually, in terms of getting paid, you know, the payers actually think that's quite an important step. You know, if you look at the codes we bill, 88305, for example, I think 60% of it is is the technical component or the making of the slide. And so tell me what you think, A, is that by accident or do payers really see value there? And then B, how can we take advantage of that? Well, that's a good question. I, it would be hard for me to get into the minds of payers <laughs> to understand how they value our, our um, performance. But I will say that, uh, you know, the 8305 is really not even the production of the slide. It's really, I, if, you, if you read the details, it's, it's the gross interpretation. And so I think the gross is really important. And part of the devices that we're using help enhance the grossing to make sure that orientation is maintained. And because of that, uh, certain things can be done during sign out. And also certain things can be included in reporting that couldn't otherwise be done if the tissue was just thrown into a, into a jar. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there, there is value. And I think it also gives an opportunity, you know, for us to take, take advantage of that value and kind of reimagine how we do things. So how is this going to be used in practice or what's it going to look like in practice, you know, either in terms of the potential of this type of approach or specifically what you're doing at, at Lumea? Well, if the platform is being used currently, you know, Lumea is on track to have uh, 400,000 patient specimens uh, signed out on the platform this year. So it's been growing significantly. And the types of cases are uh, 
you know, GU, derm, GI, breast, other tissue types. So uh, it is in practice. It is being used. I think when people learn about it and learn that they can get involved with it in a very incremental way without a big investment, more people will be, give, be willing to give it a try. Okay. So it sounds like it, you're kind of focusing on more outpatient-based small biopsies. Well, it's currently designed best for that, but there's nothing to prevent it from handling uh, larger tissue samples. It's just a lot of the efficiencies and a lot of the ability of the, the, the pre-analytical technologies can be done with biopsies from the clinic. So uh, it does apply to both large institutions as well as small outpatient practices, but it can be used for, for either. I think what has been appealing to the groups that are using it is that, as we mentioned, you know, digital path is, is very expensive and converting is, is overwhelming sometimes. So I think what appeals to them is the low risk, the fact that it's, it's software as a service, really, meaning that you know, once you choose your scanner of your choice, you pay just for what you use. And it, it really makes incremental adoption very easy. Some can just try it on a few cases or maybe just one tissue type. They can increase their adoption or quit if they don't like it. You know, there's no large uh, upfront investment and you don't have to explain to your department head why, you know, the millions of dollars you just invested in aren't, aren't paying off. You know, and I think the other thing that's gotten traction is the fact that um, some of the workflow solutions help the clinics as well get their cases through a little faster and a little more, with a little more facility. And as a result, you know, this gives groups that are courting them a little, uh, a little competitive advantage there. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's interesting. That's always been a question in the back of my mind is, you know, how do I as a pathologist or a group of pathologists make the case to clinicians that we're going to offer you better service, right? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to, you know, claim that somehow you're better than other pathology groups. I mean, maybe you are, but I mean, in terms of, but now I think as we come up with these automated solutions and incorporate digital pathology, you know, we can offer tangible benefits to a clinical practice. So those, so those would include what faster turnaround time, perhaps uh, more orderly reporting, the use of AI for quality review or to, you know, really to, to have that extra confidence in the diagnosis, how would you how would you uh, explain the benefits that a clinic could get from working with a pathology group using this kind of technology? Well, I think uh, they come in three steps. One is the, the acquisition of the biopsy. Is that process made more streamlined? And that's one one component of the offering. So the clinics like the fact that the system that Lumea uses helps them get through patients faster and is less tedious. So that's the first thing. The next thing is that I think the clinicians like to be able to be future-facing. They like to tell their patients that they're doing the latest and greatest. And so they can explain to their patients that they're using digital pathologies. So if a patient asks them, well, what does that mean? Well, they have to have an answer for that. So I think the the two things where the clinics can talk about is the AI that you mentioned, that you know, that this was assisted or quality checked by an algorithm to make sure that, you know, something wasn't missed. And then finally, because of the tissue handling techniques in the, in the matrix that I talked about, there's certain reporting details and specifics that can be gleaned from the tissue that other 
groups may not be able to offer, so the clinicians can talk about how their practices is uh, advanced. And, you know, they are trying to get referrals from primary care docs, and they can talk to them about the things they're working on. So I think these three things really uh, help the clinics get sold on digital path. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I'm a busy or fairly busy pathology practice and we want to, we want to incorporate uh, this type of technology, you know, so we already have a full practice going, we're already getting cases, you know, from various sources in-house in our hospital, you know, we have some outpatient outreach, you know, so, you know, how would it work to, to incorporate this system? Do we have to get rid of anything or you know, maybe we would select, maybe say all of our GI biopsies could be run on the system. You know, how, how do we, what does it look like to implement? Do we have to replace anything that we're using or is it more of a complement to what we're already doing? It can be all of the above. I think the easiest thing to do though is to, as you described, select maybe even one clinic, you know, and that does uh, prostate biopsies or does GI biopsies and just run the system, run those cases through the system and in interface with the existing LIS. There should be appreciable benefits in the lab and to the pathologist that would make it worthwhile to just simply do that. If it's something that is working and you find is uh, advantageous, then you can add another clinic or add another tissue type. And that way you don't have to throw out anything wholesale. You can just take advantage of what is working for you or what applications suits your practice best. If you're starting from scratch and you're trying to build a practice and you're trying to get a group of disparate pathologists to create a team and go out and conquer the world, you can take the system as is and it'll do everything for you. So there's really um, a variety of approaches depending, depending on your needs. Okay. Yeah. I think that sounds fantastic. Going out and conquering the world. That doesn't sound bad. So <laughs> Well, our guest has been Dr. Richard Lash from Lamea. So before we wrap up, tell us, Richard, what what excites you? Uh, where do you see the future of digital pathology headed? Well, I think, you know, like most people, I love the idea of using artificial intelligence to find, you know, morphologic counterparts to whatever genomic or proteomic or structural information is, you know, embedded in the tissues that we just don't appreciate by light microscopy. And, you know, this is our future for sure, but I don't think it's our immediate future. And in the shorter term, I think digital pathology can really help us as pathologists improve in areas where we sometimes fail. You know, we have well-documented inter-observer variability. We, hopefully rarely, miss subtle findings. And, you know, our lack of standardized communication is not always fully comprehended by clinicians. And I think these are things and these types of improvements, I think are really attainable relatively quickly and might in the end be the ones that have the most direct impact on patient outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Having the most impact on patient outcomes, I think really is the future we can hope for or get excited about. Well, our guest has been Dr. Richard Lash from Lumea. We'll see you next time on Digital Pathology Today. This has been Digital Pathology Today. Please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.